You look like if Blake Lively didn't become an actor and instead got addicted to heroin. <laughs> that is exactly what that photo is giving. Oh my god! And you live under like a train station somewhere. Welcome to Overdrinks, your new favorite podcast with the sisters you didn't know you needed. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Over Drinks. <laughs> I just got really nervous. Do you feel like we haven't done this in a minute? Because we recorded the last episode before that one, the one before that came out, didn't we? Didn't we record on Thursday? I don't even know when we last recorded. I feel like it's been months and we're, since, since, whoa. It's been months since I've seen you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we recorded it before last weekend. And yeah. it's now been two weekends since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it has been a while. We've forgotten how to do this. I don't know what any of these buttons do. <laughs> Jokes. I don't know what my brain does with a mic in front of it. And we are recording on a Sunday morning. Fresh. We're not hungover. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I had such a good weekend. I had some friends over for dinner on Friday night. Yeah. And it was just like nice and low key. And then Saturday night which was last night. <laughs> Yesterday I did like a huge deep clean in my apartment, like cleaned everything out and went through all my makeup, threw out all my old makeup that I don't use anymore. My bedside table drawers are all clean. When I get home this afternoon, I'm going to do my clothes, sell a bunch of clothes. I just uh, feel really productive this weekend. clothes for me if I give them to you? No. Why? What do you want me to do? If you're already doing it. Where? I'm doing a market stall. I will do yeah, that actually because the market saying. stall is the day that we're meant to be looking after Jade's kids. So if you give me all my stuff... I'll go set it up. Why would you do that? No, because I'm doing it with a friend. I'll go set it all up and then Bridget said she can run it for me. Why would you do such a hectic thing the day that we're meant to be babysitting three kids? Thank you. No, this is not cute. You're going to have to sort out something else, do a market stall another time. No, I'm doing it then, but I don't have to be there. Okay. Well, you can sell my clothes as well. So let's talk more about that. (laughs) This is me Anyway, yeah, I had a chill weekend this weekend as well. Last weekend, we went out together. It was lots of fun. It was just like one of those perfect... In fact, actually, when we were playing a game... Oh, Pick Two, the episode that we did where you could only pick two. Mm. And one of the questions was, if you could only pick two for your idea of a perfect night out. Mm. And we decided it was like a big... Well, I think this was my answer. I don't know if it was yours. (laughs) It was like a big fun breeze. And then like a really good dancehall session just on the dancehall for ages and having a mm. dance on that. And that's exactly what we did. And that's exactly what we did. And it was so fun. Although like, we happened. also did shots and we also, there was a few things that night that. Did we do shots? Everywhere we went, they were saying that. We they... did shots at praise. Did you do shots at praise? Oh yeah, I did do a shot at praise. I did a shot. Yeah, because our friend, bless his cotton socks, was playing with the dog who's blind and the dog bit his nose and he's he was getting fully bleeding and stuff. So I was like, here's right tequila, this will make you feel better. Tequila always fixes everything. Tequila solves everything. And then he came out and he was fine. And the funny thing is, is this was the same friend's house that I broke my nose. Yeah. So they had like hectic injuries. So funny. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. So that was really fun. We had a good time. There was like some funny things that happened. Chloe kissed the boy. It was yeah. funny actually, because we're on the dance floor dancing and all of a sudden she said to me, oh, I feel like I'm definitely going to get with that bad boy or something. <laughs> that bad boy? You said something. 
You called him like a baddie or a bad boy. Or Can a, we not? I, I feel like that's so not what I'd say. It was something random. To be fair, the venue we're at, the music we're listening to, the drunkenness level that I was on, You're maybe I did say something yeah. like that. Said something like that anyway. And so I like kind of turned, like danced around. And the guy that I saw, I was like, that is 100% the guy that she's talking about. <laughs> and then next minute she like walks over and they're like talking to each other. And I was like, lol. Yeah, he was really hot. He was really tall. And then the next day she told me something really funny. Oh, okay. So he was kind of young and I just want to know what the fuck is wrong with young people like these days. They're just insane. I kissed him and he was doing this weird thing where he would like suck my tongue and I kept being like, what are you doing? Stop. And then he did it again and I was like, ah, and then we went our separate ways. I woke up the next morning and I was like, my tongue's really sore. And I like couldn't talk properly and I couldn't drink my water properly. And I was like, something sus has happened. So I looked in my mirror and her tongue was gone. And he had taken it with him. It sucked it right off. No. Okay. So it's like the part under your tongue that like connects it. It's called the frenulum apparently. Isn't that a part of the penis? Well, that makes sense because it actually reminds me of that part on the penis. <laughs> yeah. Sensitive little bit, but like yeah. a little line. Mm. And it uh, feels uh, the same it's if exactly you touch like it. Uh. Everyone lift up your tongue. <laughs> rub your frenulum and well, tell us if it feels like We don't know what that penis. feels like, though, because we don't have a penis. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've never touched Anyway, that. moral of the story is I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with my tongue? I thought I had had like an ulcer <laughs> under my tongue. She's got a penis growing in there. <laughs> and there was a penis growing in there. <laughs> no, and it had ripped. He had Suck my tongue so hard. Oh my god! I, I don't know whether he ripped it rip or a boy's whether penis spreading because away. probably, probably a hundred percent sucking it too hard, or whether because he was like sucking my tongue, my teeth cut when he was doing uh, it. But I just remember being like, "Yeah, what is up with these young kids? <laughs> like, can you just chill out for a second? Can we I was just like, All right, clarify." Bye. She's not hooking up with a 15-year-old. Oh, God, no. He's in his 20s. He's just younger than I am. Lol. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. We also met this guy that was like, he came up to my actual elbow. Oh, and this Chloe guy was and I, hilarious. Chloe and I were at the bar and he came over and he was like, oh, ask me my name, whatever. And then he was, I don't know how this came up. You were trying to palm him off to me as yeah. well. I was like, no, thanks, Well, because he was boss. more your type than my type, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Somebody was and he was telling me that he wanted to take me home to Africa and all of this type of stuff. And I was going to be um, like his African queen. And I was like, well, what the hell? Yeah, this part it was it? so funny. And then he asked me for my number and I was like, oh God, I just always feel so bad. And I just always give my number. Give a fake number. No, but then he called me straight away. So he uh, wouldn't know. And the funniest thing was like, I go, oh, someone's calling me. And he was like, yeah. So now you have my number too. And then he messaged me. <laughs> A couple of days later, and I sent it to Chloe, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't even remember this person. So he sent me a message on Monday saying, how are you doing, Laura, with a smiley face? <laughs> Number one, that's only my name, in case you guys didn't realize. <laughs> and then a selfie of him and the message saying, hope you remember me. Oh, God. So As so if that doesn't look like your type, Chloe. <laughs> oh, so, to a T. What about that creepy Brazilian dude that we met at the bar and he bought us a drink and I was like, oh, okay. And then we oh all went God, out to go get our friends. I forgot about and that. And he was just by himself following us and he was staring at me. And yeah. I was like... Okay, this guy's giving serial killer vibes. Yeah, it was like he he definitely offered to buy us a drink for like in one thing. Yeah, it was transactional. Yeah. Some people are like that. They think that they like deserve. It's like we are not saying you need to buy us a drink. That is not. You're offering to buy me a drink while I'm standing at the bar already. Guys have such a 
think about this, we're like, oh my god, you're gonna take a drink from them, and then like you think, mm. it's, but it's we not. don't go and seek this guy out. And yeah, like, if you come and they buy me a drink up up and offer I'll to buy you a drink. You exactly, yeah. and if anyone if a guy if a girl came up to you and was like hey can i buy you a drink or like hey i'm getting like a vodka and soda do you want anything or mm. something like that i don't know if they're like offered to buy you something you would probably say yes as well mm. it doesn't mean that you then have to have sex with them although i mean that's kind of a midpoint because the guy would probably want to and <laughs> would be open to that anyway yeah um guys it's scum <laughs> and then what about we we're on the dance floor and suddenly this like whole afl team turned up oh my and they're god all dancing that was around so us. hilarious i know and there was this one really tight they were like from orange or something yeah they were like a local comp team not like a yeah i think they were professional they were in manly after having played from so they must have been like at least very, very, very low level. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They weren't. Not one of them was hot. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I kind of started thinking that like a couple of them might be all right, but they just like, it was like I the was reverse. I was searching so hard yeah. to find it. It was like the reverse cheerleader effect. You know, in How I Met Your Mother when he's like, mm. are any of those girls actually hot or is it the cheerleader effect where there's like a whole bunch of group of girls together and they seem hotter because of like that mm. there's a lot of them? It was like the reverse of that. There was a huge group of them and that like none of them were hot, even if you tried to look for them. They just like, I don't know. There was, like, I was one really tiny on that guy. one guy though, who was just like a big ball of energy. He had that hectic mullet and he kept showing off his cowboy boots. Oh I was yeah. Like, I want you to Maybe come everywhere with me. Maybe they were so hot. Maybe we were just too drunk. And then there was that tiny guy that he was just he like was having, having the night the of his best life. time ever. Like <laughs> he was just getting, he was like, oh yeah, girls. <laughs> and like, fully like shit. <laughs> and everything around everyone going so we were kind of like in a big not like a dance circle but there was like a big group of us and we're all dancing together and he was just kind of like dancing in between everyone looking Mm. up to us all oh my god he was like slut dropping on us i was like you are a vibe and but then, then it kind of got a little bit annoying. Yeah, because yeah, you were trying to dance away and it wasn't working. And then there was this other guy who just kept saying the cheesiest lines to me, like that Teach Me How to Dougie song coming mm-hmm. on. And he was like going, oh, yeah, girl, show me how you Dougie. And like, oh. Just like so many lines like that. Like he was taking lyrics from the songs and yeah. turning into a cheesy line. I remember that like, one as well. I know you know how to Dougie. And yeah, he was crazy. Anyway, it was a fun night. We had heaps of fun. Lots of fun. Well, the last one's left on the dance floor as per. Anyway. So it was lots of fun and anything else happy? I actually have a hilarious story of what happened the next day. So um, one of my girlfriends, Bridget, was out with us the night before and then I picked her up the next morning and we went and got Yumcha, always. Hangover feed, Yumcha on Sundays, best thing ever. But then we were like, what do you want to go and do? So we were like, let's just go for a bit of a drive. We drove up to North Head. It was really nice. Sat in the back of my car for a little bit and then we started driving back down and we were behind this like huge Range Rover and I was following them and I was like, why is that car packed to the brim and it was all like big boys like big men big boys maybe that's big what you call boys. them i think i'm gonna go with that <laughs> big boy big boy big batty thing anyway and they're like shoulder to shoulder and she was like oh my god and i was like it's like a full car and i was like i wonder if any of them are hot have you ever and seen like, a full car before <laughs> no like, oh my god it's but like a full car yeah. <laughs> every single seat is taken yeah, what no. is going on okay but they were coming back from north head so it's like what were you guys doing up there like it's not like they're like on their way to like i don't know it was just really random and they were like shoulder to shoulder like they looked like they were like really sardined in there yeah and it was a Range Rover, so we were like, surely one of them's going to be good looking. Anyway, 
<laughs> and we're like a bit delirious because we're hungover. And she was like, should I put like a little message on my phone? And I was like, oh my God, do it. Like, that's so funny. So she gets up like her Instagram story, gets like a orange background. And then in capital letters goes, are any of you single and hot? And she's holding it up. She's holding it up for ages. And then we kind of keep talking and like forget about it. And then I was like, oh my God, Bridget, that they're, they're slowing down and then we can see the boys turning out of the car to see what it says and then she gets all embarrassed and they put their indicator on and pull over and I was like oh my god put your window down and I was like we pull oh over. my god it was hilarious but then she freaks out and she was too nervous to wind a window down I was like you can't do something that ballsy yeah. have your phone up like that and then not wind your window down and the two guys in the front were like all right looking but the three in the back were so hot the one that was on our side I was like put your window down put your window down and I was like <laughs> I okay it was hilarious and it was so fun doing it but doing stuff like that more often like that could have turned into the funnest day like if we had a wound down window down and be like what are you guys up to and like full orgy in the bush full my orgy in North Head (laughs) amazing no but it was just so funny and then they followed us for a little bit all of you guys to do out there try that yeah it was fun try have an orgy in a bush (laughs) (laughs) it's the highlight of my year we're having a funny chat with dad before and we're like, oh, we should mention that on the podcast. But he was just saying how he caught up with one of his, his best friend, basically, mm. who lives up the coast. And he was talking about us and everything. He was like, oh, <laughs> he kind of goes, oh, what'd you say about me? And he goes, oh, Chloe's going through a bit of a, a rough patch at the moment or something like that. I was, I was like, like, oh, what? Thanks, dad. I was like, I'm absolutely like, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, oh, boys are just being mean to her. Like, what? <laughs> I said, oh, that's just because she's had a lot of boys in her life. If you have boys in your life, they're going to be mean Guaranteed. to you. That's just what happened. And then and dad goes, oh, my God, Lauren, I can't believe you said that. What sort of thing is that to say? Basically, like, he <laughs> couldn't believe it. And then he <laughs> just couldn't believe it. couldn't believe I'd said it. It's just because he's uh, a good guy. And then he goes, oh, you went out with one stretchy, weird guy that cheated on you. <laughs> I think of Chloe and I just lost it. Got him stretchy. <laughs> Because this guy's like six foot nine and just super skinny, so he did look stretchy. <laughs> and then I said the funniest thing about that is when we were together and we saw Nelly, mm-hmm. r- rapper, artist Nelly, the Nelly, the Nelly at Cancun Airport. He looked at us and looked him up and down and goes, "Sup, stretch," and called him stretch, and then we'll call so him stretch cool. for the rest of the holiday. I almost think you should get back with him just because Nelly gave him a nickname. Nelly was my all-time celeb crush when I I was like eight years old. I remember. I was so obsessed. I knew all the lyrics to all of his songs. I had she had his album in a cassette. It was like was it say no? I think it was a cassette. No, Fifty Cent was a cassette, and that's with all the lyrics on it. And I put that on my wall. But Nelly was the CD, and I Uh, took out the little like insert thing, unfolded it on my wall. Baby Blue with him and the Sunnies. Yes, I remember this. Sexy man. Lol. Oh my God, Nelly Shadow. Dad's been hassling me to get my passport renewed. Yeah, because you're going away at the end of the year and you're being lazy. No, it's not that. It's because I've got this serious, like, like I'm worried about getting another passport photo. Your passport photo is never going to be good. I know. It's, it's, no it's one's is ever good. good. I've actually got my passport, my old passport with me right now. I understand that no one has a good passport photo. But is anyone's passport photo as bad as this? <laughs> You look like you should be in train spotting. I look like an actual I am dating a meth dealer mm. and taking all his supplies. And That's your mugshot as well. You know what you look like? You look like if Blake Lively didn't become an actor and instead got addicted to heroin. <laughs> 
exactly what that photo is giving. Oh my god! And you live under like a train station somewhere. You actually look like, you know, a simple favor yeah. that she's in and her sister is the drug addict who's really hectic Thanks. and then her dead body that gets <laughs> rolled up. <laughs> no, the, the dead body. The living sister. The dead body that turns up. That is me. Oh, if I had the balls or the ovaries, I should say, to do it, I'd take a photo and post it on our story. No, you need to. You don't look like that anymore. <laughs> the thin eyebrows... The you do even have eyebrows in that? Barely. And the pout. It's also the boof on the top of yeah. the head. It was I love 2008, it. so like prime. I bet you you were wearing a Supre getup. Oh, I was definitely there. wearing Supre. I don't know what it was, but it would have been Supre. And maybe like a gold bag or something. Oh, oh I just so dangerous. <laughs> I'm scared of her. She haunts my nightmares. But I wasn't even like that at that stage. I don't know why that photo was like that. I was not like rough or tough or anything. Or I didn't, <laughs> I've never even done drugs in my life. <laughs> It's just the worst photo ever. I don't Full know. Full mugshot vibes. At least you have makeup on in yours. I don't know what I was thinking when I went to mine. Actually, I got a photo of it. I'm like baby face, 18 years old or 17 years old or something. And I look like, I look like a Victorian ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she just showed me. And why? Oh my God, that's exactly <laughs> what you look like. One of my face looks like it's been shrunk. It's one side of your face higher than the other. I don't know. It looks like Am someone's photoshopped it and got like that yeah. on one side and that on the other. My skin is thriving, Absolutely flawless. There's not a blemish in sight. Mm. We should put them side by side. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. You we'll look like the devil on the shoulder and I look like the angel yeah, on the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Which is completely reversed now. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. So anyway. We should probably start talking about what this <laughs> the actual topic actually of the episode. About. Oh, before we do that, what are we drinking this week, Chloe? Well, because it's a Sunday morning, we thought we'd do something nice and low-key and we're just having a little mimosa. Delish. Cheers, girl. Cheers. Okay, guys. So this week, as you guys know, because we've done a couple of episodes on similar things, we love a personality test. We do. We love talking about personality types, working out what we are, talking about that. It's lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about that. We do, don't we? No, but I think that a lot of people find it interesting and stuff. We hope that you guys find this interesting Mm. because we both find it interesting. So this week we're going to be talking about Enneagrams, which are one of the main personality types. There's a whole bunch of different tests and stuff that you can do for all different like personality theories, but this is one of the main ones. And with Enneagrams, so Ennea means nine in Greek, I think. Oh, fun fact. Yeah. So there's nine different personality types of the Enneagrams. We will put a link Or you can just Google free Enneagram test Mm. and just do yours and find out what you are of the Mm. nine. I would suggest doing one that you can strongly agree, strongly disagree or like inaccurate or, and there's a bit of like a range that you can choose because that one that I did that I got one that I was like, I don't think that's actually me was all of the questions were like, yes or no. Yeah. This, it was like, yes or no. Or like, do you relate to this one or this one more? And some of them are like, I don't relate to the, either of those at all, Mm. or I relate to both of those and I can't really choose. So you feel like it's not really accurate. So I feel like the one that we did, there was like a slide between both and made it a bit easier. Anyway, just like a brief rundown of what Enneagrams are. So there's nine different personality types and they show you your core beliefs, 
core strengths and weaknesses and your core fears and overall the way that you see the world. So like the way that you view the world, the way that you believe the world to be. Mm. And something that I thought was really interesting as well is I was listening to a podcast because I get like, I nerd out so hard on this stuff. Mm -hmm. You can probably tell from some of the podcast episodes we've done in the past, but I was like going deep dive research mode. And I start listening to like heaps of podcasts on the topic. And there was this one where they had like a whole bunch of people that were my personality type. And they were talking about each of the different subtypes because each have three subtypes that we'll talk about in a second as well and how they can be so different. So you can Mm. be the same personality type, but have a different subtype. And so you're quite different. Mm. Anyway, there was a mother and daughter who that had the same personality type, but different subtypes. And when they realized what each other was, they found Enneagrams and they like both did the test and they worked out what each other was. They said that it helped all of their like conflicts and issues with each other because it was almost a way to take like their fights and stuff like that, or their issues with each other away from being personal anymore. Like it wasn't personal. They were able to be like, Oh, it's not my fault. It's my personality type. Like they understood then that it was just the way that that person was programmed to see the world and not necessarily because they weren't taking it personally. And I just thought that was really interesting. I was like, Oh wow. Like that's not my fault. That's my personality. Yeah. But like it it would help you be like, okay, like this person in my life is this type of personality. And that's, the reason that they're mm. they're saying this. well i guess it's I kind of like love languages exactly like, and any of those things not just any helping your any personality types mm. any like things like that attachment styles or mm. love languages and stuff like that it just helps you understand that people are different and they see the world differently and they communicate differently they think differently so it helps you kind of i guess have a bit more empathy for other people or just like understanding of other people and how to communicate and live with them mm. so i thought that was interesting so do your test we're going to tell you what we got we're we going to tell what we got first, or are we going to read through all of them? Then so, say what we got? well, yeah, let's read through all of them first. So, as we're reading these out, guys, just have like a listen to the different traits, and you can probably work out even without doing the test which what one you, you are. are yeah. yeah. So, do you want to start first and read out number one for us? All right. Type one: the perfectionist. And some of these you might find when you're, like, looking it up. They might have different names. I kind of noticed that, actually. Yeah, I think the perfectionist can also be called, like, the reformer and stuff like that. Reformer Pilates. Yeah, which I just did. Enneagram Type 1 likes to do things correctly and to high standards, are sticklers for rules, and pay close attention to detail. They also avoid making mistakes. To others, they appear perfectionistic, responsible, and exacting. Ones are typically sticklers for rules and details and get frustrated when things don't live up to their very high standards at work, in relationships, or in their day-to-day lives. Their deepest fear, one's fear being bad people, morally flawed or otherwise seen as imperfect. They cope with this fear by getting rigidly disciplined and very hard on themselves and often those around them too. Core motivation, ones strive to be good and honourable and to live a life with purpose. They seek the best and most correct way to do things. And then these are their key personality traits of type one. Serious and straightforward during conversation. Attuned to practicality and frugality. Hardworking and diligent as employees. High internal standards. Rigidity. Rigidity. (laughs) (laughs) They're rigid. Rigidity. In plans and decisions. Intense ability to concentrate Natural talent for teaching and instruction. This isn't me. <laughs> yeah. Some of it I was like, oh, I kind of think that that's me. But then listening to some of that, I was like, no, I can't no. concentrate on anything. Legit. 
And then these are the core values of the Enneagram ones. A desire to improve every aspect of their lives. They aim for their actions to be consistent with their values and principles and work extremely hard to achieve that goal. Responsibility and due diligence are the pillars of a perfectionist's values. They strive for accountability and appreciate the functionality of various products and systems. Integrity is a key factor in their life choices and stands the test of time. Loyalty, justice, and honesty are the core ingredients in shaping a perfectionist down-to-earth character. Interesting. Okay. And then we also have a list of famous type ones as well that we'll read through. The first one, Martha Stewart, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Michelle Obama, Nelson Mandela, Tina Fey, Mahatma Gandhi, Captain Sully Sullenberger, Steve Jobs, Margaret Thatcher, Eleanor Roosevelt, Hillary Clinton, Meryl Streep, Elizabeth Warren, Kate Middleton, Jane Fonda, Emma Watson, Mary Poppins, and Hermione Granger. Wow, that's a pretty good list. All right, so next is type two, the giver, also known as the helper. That's what I got. Yes. So let's have a little listen, guys, and see if this sounds like Chloe. (laughs) Interestingly, the one test that I did where it wasn't like I felt like it wasn't really accurate, it was like one or the other and I couldn't decide between two, this is the result that I got. Yeah. When I looked at my graph, it was this and what you got. got. Yeah. Yeah. The two biggest. Yeah. So twos are defined by their desire to belong and be loved by others. They are helpful nurturing and caring towards others they are eager to involve themselves in others lives twos rarely say no when others ask them for help and want to prove value to others by always being there for them deepest fear twos fear being alone and unloved and cope with this fear by taking care of others and making themselves central to other people's lives (laughs) core motivation i don't think that's my biggest fear being alone. Yeah. I don't know. if it, I mean, you do surround yourself with people a lot. Yeah, but, but that's just because of my like, circumstances as well. Yeah, I, that's what I was about to say. But that's kind of a result of your circumstances. Mm. Continue. Core motivation. Enneagram twos want to feel loved and appreciated, which motivates them to express love towards others in their words and actions. Key personality traits of the two. Warm smile and eyes. Yes. Aww. Approachable. Radiates kindness. Yes, I would say. Vocal volunteer or activist. I am an activist. (laughs) Excellent team player. Yeah, you are a very good team player, especially coming from someone that likes to boss you around a lot. (laughs) I've just learned that that that's the easier route than (laughs) getting um, into a fight. Caring and gentle, nurturing and patient, smooth flowing movements. Oh, no. False. (laughs) Erratic over here. And the core values of twos. A strong sense of meaning, acknowledgement from loved ones, and emotional intimacy with others are givers grounding principles. Altruism holds a strong place in their hearts and they readily go out of their way to volunteer their time and energy to bring others up. Kindness and reciprocity are the guiding values for their decisions. To improve someone else's life or mood is immeasurably better than helping themselves. The shared experience of spending quality time with a loved one is among the best feelings in the world to type two. Famous Enneagram type twos. So these are clothes. Dolly Parton. Perfect. Mother Teresa. Oh my God. (laughs) These are the same person. Nancy Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Desmond Tutu, Celine Dion, Jennifer Garner, Maya Angelou, Lewis Carroll. He wrote Alice in Wonderland, right? Jessica Alba. 
Hagrid from Harry Potter. That is so you. (laughs) Pam Beasley from The Office. Peter Mellark from Hunger Games. Peter! Sam Wise Camgee from Lord of the Rings. And Emma Woodhouse from Emma. Random. Not the greatest selection, but I did hear a lot of good singers in there, so yeah, maybe that's I good something. I think there was um, some presidents and stuff like that, or presidents' wives. I am the president. All right, so how do you think about that, Chloe? <laughs> I think we disagree with most of that. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm kidding. Some of it yeah, I agree I reckon, with, some yeah, some of it. So an interesting thing that we'll talk about later is that there's actually subtypes of each type, mm. so you can, if you have... Yeah, well, I read through two of the subtypes, and I was like, those are not me at all, but then I read through the third subtype, and I was like, yeah, that is me. Yeah. Should I read That's through my I'm subtype here. now? Yeah. So subtypes, we may as well just talk about it now. So there's mm. three subtypes, social, sexual, and self-preservation. And the sexual one isn't about sex. It's also known as one-to-one or intimacy. And it's just basically like the subtypes are your like instincts. Well, the social subtype focus on the content of the relationship and wants to be liked and work with others towards shared goals. People with a social subtype are quick to notice how others respond to them and to prioritize where they stand in a particular group. They're usually well aware of how they appear and what impact they're having. The sexual subtype focuses on a spark of intense connection with other individuals. Sexual subtypes want intense bonds, relationships, and experiences. They seek out interactions and experiences that will make them feel passion and energy. They often look for relationships and friendships that are intense and meaningful, deep and energetic at the same time. And then the self-preservation subtype focuses on physical safety, well-being, comfort, health, and material security. People with a self-preservation subtype often spend a great deal of time focusing on conserving material goods, energy, or resources in order to feel secure and safe in the world. Interesting. Well, then that contradicts with which one I got. No, but that's just very broad. So that's for all of them. And then it shows if you look up your subtype, so just Mm. say you're type two, like you are type two social subtype, type two sexual subtype, Mm. type two self-preservation well that's what i got i got type two self-preservation subtype that's what i just think that i am yeah other than the other ones because the other ones i don't feel like are related to whereas this one that makes it because i also read that self-preservation is anxiety too and you have a bit of anxiety <laughs> i have a lot of anxiety wow well well done you just know me so well <laughs> so self-preservation two enneagram type is tender and sweet The subtype of the two is the most difficult to identify. They appear playful, cute, and even childlike in order to gain security and approval. That part I don't really agree with. I don't think I'm childlike. In some ways. Unconscious. I'm childlike. You are childlike. I'd say you're more childlike than I am. Well, my type is very childlike. I thought that we might have the same personality type or a similar one. And so that kind of makes sense because in some way you are like childlike as in fun and light and, Mm, you know. Yeah. Unconsciously, they realize that by being this way, they may be able to receive protection and love as a byproduct. More fearful and less trusting than the average two, they try to meet others' needs in order to gain approval, but they also try to pull back from people because they fear rejection, judgment or failure. At healthy levels, this too is unselfish, altruistic, empathetic, and giving. At unhealthy levels, they are resentful, selfish, undermining, and only give to get something in return. Now that sounds like... (laughs) No, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You like being with other people and stuff like that, but you also kind of hold them at like arm's distance. Sometimes like I'm talking in romantic relationships. There's been Mm. so many situations where you're like, oh... 
you start getting feels and then you're like, oh, I'm worried that I'm getting feels because it leaves me open to get hurt and stuff like that. Yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. (laughs) Just keep getting. (laughs) And then the key characteristics of the self-preservation too. They are playful and winsome. They want to be taken care of, but fear depending on others. They become hurt and withdrawn when they fear rejection. They are more guarded than the other two subtypes of the two. They are drawn to pleasure and fun. Wink. They may mistype or look like sevens, which was funny because that was my second highest. Mm. They seek to be loved just because they exist. (laughs) No! They seek to be loved just because they exist. No, like you just, you want love. You don't want love because you've done something or you don't want love because of like. I just want to be loved. Yeah, you just want to be loved because of you. Interesting. Because of who you are, not not because of anything else. So that does make sense. It's just a weird wording. Yeah. Just because I exist. I deserve to be loved just because I exist. They express emotionality and tenderness. They idolize people, especially in the beginning of relationships. Yeah, I kind of yeah. do that. Rose-colored glasses. Yeah, interesting. Always on at all times. Okay, so the next type we have is type three, the achiever. Threes are defined by their desire to be significant and to distinguish themselves through their achievements. To others, threes appear confident, ambitious, and goal-oriented. They are unsure of their innate self-worth and look for validation through their accomplishments. Threes are typically very image-focused. It is important to them that others see them as successful. Their deepest fear is... It's not that we're inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> their deepest fear is being insignificant or a failure. To cope with this fear, they look for ways to win in life, reassuring themselves that they are valuable. Their core motivation, type threes are motivated by a need for attention and admiration. They strive to be successful and significant to avoid feeling worthless. Key personality traits for the three, they're acutely aware of social niceties, impressive range of accomplishments, extremely busy and on the go, jam-packed schedules and meetings, may have interests in improvisation or acting, Refined taste in outer appearance, charismatic and make good first impressions. And finally, the core values of Enneagram 3s, recognition, accolades and status are the pinnacle of the achiever's lifestyle. 3s are goal-driven, equipped with type A mentality, a relentless driver for self-improvement. Productivity and achievement take the cake as the achiever's core values. Getting things done is more important than getting too much planning and wasting time spent daydreaming. So if that sounds like you, you might be an Enneagram type three. Famous type threes, Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Beyonce Knowles, Meghan Markle, Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Muhammad Ali. This is also a good one. Mm. Casey Musgraves, Reese Witherspoon. Don Draper from Mad Men, Rachel Berry from Glee. Ew. <laughs> Marguerite, Marguerite Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Don't at me, Game of Thrones people. I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> Amy March from Little Women and Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Oh, what a legend. Yeah. Getting Oprah and Leslie Nope. You know you're doing something right. All right, type four, the individualist. Fours are defined by their sense of being special and different from other people. They are often creative and present a unique, distinctive persona to the people around them. 
Fours experience a deep conflict in that they long to connect with others, but they feel that because they are so unusual, very few people are able to see them as they truly are. Their deepest fears, fours fear that they are flawed. Fours fear they're flawed. (laughs) Fours fear that they're flawed. Fear. (laughs) They fear they're flawed. It's pretty scared just then. (laughs) And are missing out on some basic aspect of happiness that other people have access to. To cope with this fear, they amplify what is different and special about themselves, looking for a niche in which they can be truly appreciated. Core motivations. Fours are motivated by their desire to express their individuality and to be unique. They do this through creative endeavors and by over-identifying with the aspects of their personality that they view as lacking or deficient. The key personality traits of the four, distinctive inner and outer presentation, prominent artistic outlets, quirky and endearing, melancholic expression, strong sense of identity, may feel a sense of emptiness, passionate about self-expression. So basically all of these type fours live out in Newtown. hundred <laughs> percent. That's totally what I'm picturing. Core values of number fours, authenticity and self-expression are the pinnacle of the individual's existence. Their ultimate goal is for the world to recognize and appreciate their wholly unique identity. They strongly believe that their striking difference from others should always be consistent. Succumbing to trends would be considered the ultimate act of self-betrayal. Interesting. So Newtown, you're so right. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so mainstream. And then the famous type fours, Frida Kahlo, Billie Eilish, Rumi, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, Onassis, Onassis. Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Prince, Rihanna. I want to be a part of this list. Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder, Stevie Nicks, Newtown, Sylvia Plath, Prince Charles. Ew, get out of there. Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, Rapunzel, Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter, April Ludgate in Parks and Rec. Damn, I want to be on this list. Well, you got to dye hair green. And she has my eyebrows. Slowy pants. Maybe I'll start looking like you in your passport photo. Oh, I don't know about that one. I think she's living out secluded somewhere. Mm-hmm. Train tracks. Okay. Next up, number five the investigator. Enneagram fives are defined by their desire to conserve their energy and to avoid being drained by engagement with the outside world. They focus on being knowledgeable and competent so that they can be as self-sufficient as possible. Fives enjoy deepening their understanding of the world, expanding their intellect, while minimizing their physical and relationship needs. Deepest fear. Fives fear being overwhelmed by their own needs and the needs of others. To cope with this fear, they withdraw from relationships and maintain a minimalist lifestyle, focusing on the intellectual as an escape from the demands of the world. Core motivations. Fives are motivated by a desire to be competent and possess a strong understanding of their environment. This motivation drives them to a nearly constant state of learning and knowledge accumulation. Key personality traits of the five. Appears lost in thought or absent-minded. Extremely difficult to crack in a world. In-depth knowledge on specific subjects of interest. Gives insightful, well-thought-out responses thinks extensively before speaking, has clear boundaries between family, friends, and work, withdrawn and extremely independent. Okay, and the core values of Enneagram 5s, freedom and autonomy are paramount to investigators. Often, they dream of working and researching alone in a secluded area for the rest of their lives. But you can just totally picture this type of person Mm. as well. 
Fives tend to have little regard for social niceties and customs and are entranced by the potential of the unknown. During times of uncertainty and confusion, investigators hold a calm and steady mindset to analyse and figure out the best course of action in the grand scheme of things. Above all, investigators value independence, freedom and understanding. So famous Enneagram type fives, Albert Einstein, Bill Gates, Jane Goodall, Agatha Christie, Stephen King, Jane Austen, Diane Sawyer, Mark Zuckerberg, Emily Dickinson, Tim Burton, Stephen Hawking. Holy shit, this is one that you'd want to be. Yeah. Well, it's like all like the genius, but like Mm. antisocial types. Fox Mulder from X-Files, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, Sherlock Holmes, House from House, Lisbeth Salander from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Wow. Okay, and then we have type six, the skeptic. Sixes are defined by their desire for safety and security. They seek to anticipate and avoid risk and to ally themselves with trustworthy authority figures and institutions. Sixes are alert and vigilant, always thinking several steps ahead to anticipate and prepare for what could go wrong. Deepest fears. Sixes fear being unprepared and unable to defend themselves from danger. To cope with this fear, they attempt to be prepared for every possible turn of events. Wow, you'd be busy in that brain of yours. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. This is stressing me out just listening yeah. to it. Core motivation. This type is motivated by their need for safety and security. They seek support and reassurance from other people and are extremely loyal to people and groups that they trust. Key personality traits of the six. Strong identification with a social group. Organized and well-liked. Good at managing finances. Excellent team player, belongs to a tight-knit group of friends, clear communicators, detail-orientated and precise. Core values of type 6. Security, commitment and a sense of connectedness with the group are what drive a 6's actions. They stand strong by the people in their lives who have earned a spot in their hearts. Seeking safety, 6's value those who can reassure them of their importance and connection. Trust is the most important value for 6's. With all the time they spend thinking up a flurry of hypothetical scenarios, knowing that someone has their back is extraordinarily comforting. Sixes seek peace within themselves, although this initially proves to be a challenge. Through trial and error, sixes slowly build trust and confidence over time to effectively tackle any situation. Famous type sixes. Mark Twain, George H.W. Bush, Joe Biden, Prince Harry, Marilyn Monroe. Wouldn't put Marilyn Monroe in the same category as Prince Harry, Joe Biden, George W. Bush. Mm. Woody Allen, rapist. Their personality type. That's mm. what put them on the same list. <laughs> no, I said I wouldn't put them on the same oh, list. Not, I, wonder said, what. I wonder what. How dumb do you think I am? Have I not been paying attention this whole time? <laughs> Richard Nixon, Jennifer Aniston, Kristen Stewart, Mindy Klang, Michael Moore, Julia Roberts, Sarah Jessica Parker. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, my God, there's a name I haven't heard in a hot minute. She's just dropped off the face of the earth. She kind of got cancelled. She did get cancelled. She genuinely got cancelled. Yeah. David Letterman, Tom Hanks, Hamlet, Ron Weasley from Harry Potter, Mulan from Mulan, Mulan. Dwight Schrute from The Office, Ben Wyatt, Parks and Rec. I see that. Yeah, totally. Drake Johnson from Blackish. Okay, now drum roll, please. This is my type. Type 7, the enthusiast, also known as the optimist. A.K.A. Lauren. (laughs) 
So wait, sorry, this is the one I got second for? So does this mean I'm part of this as well or I'm just only mine? I think you're... Is it like a percentage kind of thing or is it just like you're in one category? I think it's you're in one category. And then you have wings of the ones next to you. Okay. But you can still have traits that are similar to this, I think. I think it's just that's your It looked like it was like the exact same size on the graph that I showed you. Yeah, yeah. You just must have got just slightly more. So you could be this one. Maybe you just answered like one or two questions that Mm. sent you over into the other one. Sent you over the edge <laughs> to the dark side of the helper. Well, it seems like the warm side. Yeah, exactly. I'm joking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the dark side. Okay. Sevens are defined by their desire to experience everything life has to offer while avoiding pain and boredom. <laughs> that does sound like us. They appear to others to be lively, fun-loving, and hedonistic. Sevens are often very busy people who bounce from one activity to another in their quest to squeeze every possible bit of enjoyment out of life. Deepest fear. Sevens fear getting stuck in a rut and missing out on the good life. They cope with this fear by constantly seeking out exciting, novel, and fun experiences. Core motivations. More than anything, sevens want to avoid feeling bored, sad, or uninspired. I feel like this is more me than the other one. Yeah, well, I think this is you. Both of us. Yeah. I thought you would have got the same as me. Mm. Key personality traits of the seven. Always on the go, wide range of interests, childlike enthusiasm and energy, curious, sparkling eyes, many outgoing professional and creative projects, upbeat and optimistic, glass half full outlook, well-liked and popular among peers. Core values of Enneagram sevens. Flexibility, happiness, and novelty. Variety is the enthusiast bread, not spice of life. Mm, I don't get that. Don't get that joke. Enthusiasts seek out eye-opening experiences and sensations to take in and see the value and meaning in everything. Open-mindedness paired with a non-judgmental attitude is what makes enthusiasts tick. They believe each person should be given the chance to explore all they possibly can. Each moment has its beauty as long as you look carefully enough. Another thing that was interesting because I was like, I don't really think I'm like have to be doing something at all times. Like I'm quite chill. Mm. But one thing that it said when I was like researching it is that sevens can fall into like escapism a lot of the time. So it doesn't have to be doing Uh. things constantly, but it can be like reading books, listening to podcasts, watching TV shows, watching Mm. movies, which is a lot of the stuff that I do. Like I always have to have something going. Like I can't Mm. just be doing something without also like listening to a podcast at the same time or something like that. So that does make sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm like that. And I was actually thinking the other night how a lot of the time lately, because I am often overstimulated I'm doing a lot of things in my social life and then working and all that kind of stuff yeah and like even if I just have a night home on the couch I get bored really quickly yeah like I always want to be doing something and then I'm like I need that downtime it's important to have that downtime yeah but I'll be doing it and I'll be like it'd be so much funner if we just had like people over and had a dinner party <laughs> well, it's so much funner if we just yeah, went down like to FOMO and stuff mm. yeah another problem for type seven is struggling to remain present and mm. always thinking about what's next where you can go next what you can do next what mm. could be better And I was talking to Elise about this at the gym before we started recording and I was telling her about like what I am and stuff. And and she said that makes so much sense because when we're on nights out, like you're constantly like, where are we going to go next? And like, I want to go laps and and see who else is here and see like who's Mm. doing what where and stuff. And I feel like I do sometimes struggle to like be in the present moment, like just enjoying what's happening then. I have to be like, okay, let's go over here. Let's go here now. Let's see what's happening over here. Mm. So that would be one way that I could like get better. It's just like focusing on the present moment in you as well. If this is the same as you. 
Okay. So famous type sevens, Elton John, JFK, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, Russell Brand, Katy Perry, Tiffany Haddish, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Cameron Diaz, Eddie Murphy, Richard Branson, Steven Spielberg, Conan O'Brien, Andy Samberg, Ted Danson, Elizabeth Taylor, Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. Peter Pan. That is so perfect. Yeah. Fred and George Weasley from Harry Potter. Detective Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Eleanor Shellstrop from The Good Place. Eddie Winslow from Family Matters. Never seen that. Mindy Lahiri from The Mindy Project. And Moana from Moana. (laughs) That's so funny that both of our celebrity lookalikes were on there. Cameron Diaz for me and Conan (laughs) O'Brien for you. I was like, why? (laughs) Moana, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, Chloe. That was a good one. (laughs) All right. So for the subtypes of type seven. So there's, as we said, self-preservation, social and sexual subtypes. And from reading them, I think I'm a social seven. So social seven, they try to avoid its selfish tendencies, instead wanting to be seen as good, selfless and not take advantage of people. Mm. They enjoy sharing fun and pleasure with others, continually thinking up and organizing ways in which people can enjoy life together. I'm constantly like planning Mm. the social stuff. That's funny because in my subtype, it said enjoy fun and pleasure as well. Yeah. So I think they are quite similar. Mm. Probably your type, your subtype and my subtype of Mm. our types are similar. They want to create a world without pain and often choose professions that support that, such as therapists, doctors, and nurses. Like I'm not going to become a doctor or a nurse or a therapist well maybe a therapist but i do You're my therapist want, yeah i do want a world without pain that's like a huge thing i do avoid pain i know that social sevens take on a lot of responsibility in the group or family yeah they seek acknowledgement for their sacrifices and for being a good person i'd say that's pretty accurate too their sacrifice and service is the price they pay for their neurotic need for admiration there is a tendency in this social subtype to adopt the role of helper see this is interesting because yours was the helper Mm. to be of service and to be concerned with the alleviation of pain but while they are drawn to alleviate others pain they don't like to feel it themselves and so helping others may also be a way for them to project their pain somewhere else outside themselves and to try and relieve it at a safe distance Wow, interesting. I thought that was pretty spot on for me. But yeah, interesting, hey? Very interesting, Lozzie. Very interesting. Okay, so we've got two more. All right, type eight, the challenger. Eights are defined by their desire to be powerful and to avoid any vulnerability. They present a confident, assertive, and decisive image to others. Eights can be argumentative and intimidating, and it's important to them to stand up for what they believe in and to protect those who are weaker than themselves. Deepest fear. Eights fear being vulnerable and powerless more than anything, and cope with this fear by always being strong and in control. Core motivations. Eights are motivated by their desire to be independent and in control. They resist appearing or feeling weak and reject any authority that restricts them. Key personality traits of the eight, independent and self-sufficient, fierce and confident look, determination and stamina, very energetic and busy, fiery passions and power, stubborn and headstrong, serious about control over environment. The core values of a type A, competence, influence, power and control, challenges crave respect as opposed to statuses or being liked by the group. Challenges are set to make an impact and won't back down. 
They pride themselves on their strength, honesty, and truth. Challengers also possess an extremely strong inner sense of justice. Loyalty also plays a major role in the challenger's value system. They are devoted to those who have proven themselves over time and will stand by them until the end, through hell or high water. When danger comes and their loved ones are in trouble, the challenger will confidently stretch their wings to protect them. Nice. Famous type eights? Kamala Harris, Martin Luther King Jr., Clint Eastwood, Serena Williams, Winston Churchill, Barbara Walters, Ernest Hemingway, Queen Latifah, Bernie Sanders, Aretha Franklin, Chelsea Handler, Mark Cuban, Pink, Tony Morrison, Alec Baldwin, Rhett Butler from Gone with the Wind, Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, Emily Gilmore from Gilmore Girls, Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Alistair Moody from Harry Potter. Oh, Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. I didn't know his first name was Alistair. Alistair. Okay, and finally, guys, type nine, the peacemaker. Nines are defined by their desire to maintain a sense of inner peace and harmony and to avoid conflict or other emotional disturbances. They are typically agreeable, calm, and easy to be around. Nines rarely rock the boat, but they can be stubborn. While they typically go with the flow, they dislike being controlled and will respond with passive resistance if pushed too far. Deepest fear. Nines fear being too needy and thus pushing people away. They cope with this fear by submitting to the desires and agendas of the people around them, being agreeable in order to be included. Core motivations. Nines are motivated by their need for peace and harmony in their environment and their desires to avoid conflict and deal with unpleasant emotions. Key personality traits of the nine. Calm, collected demeanor. Ability to diffuse conflict with ease. Zen-like presence. Mellow and soothing voice. Wide circle of acquaintances. Generally liked by most people. Fluid, slow movements and gestures. And core values of Enneagram nines. Harmony, kindness and unity with the world idealistic and well-wishing peacemakers aim to be the glue that holds the entire group together whether they're with family friends or colleagues the quickest way into a peacemaker's heart is to acknowledge their contributions and reassure them of their importance gently sharing their nuggets of wisdom and serenity with others peacemakers believe in the power of forgiveness and acceptance external comfort paired with a sense of inner balance make the peacemakers ideal lifestyle And they gladly create this atmosphere through every aspect of their lives. Famous Enneagram type nines, Marie Kondo, Barack Obama. I knew Barack Obama was going to be in this. Queen Elizabeth. I fucking knew it. (laughs) I know everything. I should have guessed it before. No. (laughs) Queen Elizabeth II, Ariana Grande, Ronald Reagan, Carl Jung, Joseph Campbell, Woody Harrelson, Gloria Steinem, Zoe Deschanel. Ron Howard, Audrey Hepburn, Morgan Freeman, Whoopi Goldberg, Sophia Loren, Abraham Lincoln, Alicia Keys, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, Winnie the Pooh from Winnie the Pooh, Luke Skywalker from Star Wars, Bruce Banner slash The Hulk, Pocahontas from Pocahontas. (laughs) I mean, they've got their movie named after them. Wow. Sounds like a good way to go. So, guys... After listening to all of them, 
you can still do the test to work out what you are and mm. try and do it without trying to fit into one of these because sometimes when you know, know what things, they are, yeah, yeah before you get but i was gonna say like you know when you read horoscopes and you're like yeah well that could apply for me that could apply for me or there's like little parts i feel like there's a couple in those where i'm like that's kind of what I'm like. That's kind of what I'm like. So is it like science based or like we were saying before? Like it's is it like not, a percentage? Oh yeah. Yeah. Or like even how like with love languages, I feel like I'm a little percentage of all of them kind of. Yeah. So I think it's just your main one. Right. Do you know what I mean? So your main one might be number two, but you also have lots of similarities seven. to a number seven. Yeah, you might have okay. a few nines. Like I think I've got bits of that one of number nine, the mm. peacemaker. I also think I have bits of number eight. I also have think I have bits of number two. So there's a few, and there's other ones that I like don't really relate to at all. Mm. And there's ones that like I don't relate to any of them except for like one thing. But yeah. probably everyone could say that, you know? Agree. But yeah, I think it's just really interesting to like understand yourself more to learn these things about you. But then, like we said, to also understand the world around you and the people around you and how best to work with them. So if you look up these, there's like so many websites where they're like dedicated to Enneagrams, like this huge thing. Mm. If you haven't heard of it before. You've obviously been living under a rock. No, I'm joking. <laughs> if you haven't heard of it before, it is like a huge thing. And so you can learn like maybe your partner is a particular Enneagram and you can learn how to best communicate with them, work with them, give them love, all mm. of that. Just like the love languages that yeah, we talked exactly. about and stuff. I hadn't heard of this one until you sent it for this episode, this particular one. Wow. Mm. Now you have. Now I have and I know what I am. Yeah. Oh, speaking of personality tests as well, I wonder if this kind of, could this change? Yeah. your life? Because I remember, remember how we said that love languages can change during the course yes. of a relationship? And like, attachment styles as well. Yeah. When I first started dating my first boyfriend, Ryan, and we went out for seven years, he had a different love language at the beginning and then towards the end, his love language was completely different. And yeah, it was funny because, because you had influenced that. It yeah. The same so as it, yours. it ended up, becoming the same as mine which was funny because that's how I show love as well so he must have started like appreciating that more. I was just yeah. <laughs> ingrained it into his brain yeah. you will feel loved by this way yeah it's interesting how that happens you do get influenced by the outside world and like external factors like relationships and mm. people around you and stuff like that so, and jobs and everything like that Something that was really interesting as well, like I said I was talking to our cousin Elise about this before we recorded and she said at her job at her place of work, they make you do a personality test and they will hire or not hire you based on personality types or put you into particular roles or wow. like certain, give you certain responsibilities and stuff based on your personality types. And that's I think so that's actually quite common in the corporate world. Mm. Like they look for certain personality types for certain roles and stuff like that. Wow. So, that's so yeah, interesting. I, I know. That. But yeah, so we hope you enjoyed that guys and found it interesting. I felt like we it was a bit of a TED talk. Yeah. But yeah, do the test. We'll put the test in the show notes and also just, you can just Google it yourself. Another thing that I wanted to say was I thought that when this podcast would be coming out, it was going to be your birthday, but my maths was wrong. So it will have been your birthday the day before. That's so nice of you, Chloe. So everyone, if you didn't already do it, you're horrendous, but quickly go and wish Lil's a happy birthday. Yeah. HB, brother! Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers to her birthday.